Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're continuing our study of Matthew chapter 15. We're picking up at verse 21. If you're just joining us, I would encourage you to at least go back to yesterday where we did the first half of Matthew 15. But we're in this introduction to the gospel series where we're walking through the book of Matthew little by little, looking at the history and the culture and its impact on our lives today as it reveals God's character and nature. If you would like to dive a little bit deeper, we have a bunch of different resources for you available in the show notes, our links. We do daily journaling prompts on our Patreon group, and that is to help you get that information from your head into your heart. I actually do a kid's podcast as well that helps take this information and teach it in the way that they can understand. We do some daily discussion guides for families. And so then that way, if you are doing this and then your children are listening to the kids podcast, that marries the two. So you can maybe have discussions around dinner or during your devotions. And again, it's just extra resources to help you dig a little bit deeper into your faith. And so I'm reading from the NIV, picking up at verse 21. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus left there, went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men, besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into a boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. So there's a couple things I want to point out as we are looking through this story, and it may feel familiar to you because we just did the feeding of the 5,000 a couple days ago, but this is a little bit different of a scenario. 
So where they're at, this region of Tyre and Sidon, it was traditionally known as pagan territory. Sidon was actually the home of Jezebel. We read about her in First Kings chapter 16. And in this area, they worshipped Baal, and they had turned their backs on Yahweh. They were very arrogant and very prideful, and they were essentially you know, enemies of God. And so in this time when Jesus was alive, many scholars believe that this pagan territory stretched inland so that to get from Galilee to Caesarea, you had to pass through it. Now, when it refers to a Canaanite woman, remember who the Canaanites were. These were the enemies of Israel, and they were the most morally despised enemies in the Old Testament. So even hearing about this woman or hearing about this story would have put Matthew's original audience on edge. And this was an area where people were known to be pagan and to be non-Jews. But it's interesting what she says. She addresses him as Lord, Son of David, and she actually calls him Lord three times. She says, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so by this woman calling Jesus the Son of David, she is acknowledging that he is the Messiah. And it's interesting because then his response, he talks about the lost sheep of Israel. And so while you might initially think, oh, he's saying, I can't minister to you or I can't heal you or heal your daughter because you're Canaanite, it's actually not what's happening. Instead, what Jesus is doing is he's making clear that this is essentially a timing issue. The people of Israel are the God-given focus of his ministry season in Galilee. Now, after the resurrection, Matthew narrates the shift where it starts to include all nations, which would, of course, include the Gentiles. It's a timing issue, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. And by fulfilling that promise or that agenda, it helps show that he is who he says he is, and he does what he says he would do. Now, what happens next is this conversation where it can feel hard for us because we are very far removed from this kind of language. Again, scripture was written for us. It was not originally written to us. It was written to an ancient people group that had a different kind of culture, that had a different set of circumstances, that had a different lens that they were looking through. But what we start to see is the faith of this Canaanite woman. And one of the primary characteristics of effective faith is perseverance. And we could even describe that as this kind of active patience. It's that kind of patience that keeps trusting while you're waiting. It's that kind of attitude that regardless of the circumstances, you're going to still trust God while you're waiting on him. And what do we see Jesus do? Well, he honors those that are remaining true to him, even if it's difficult, even when it seems like he's not doing anything. And so when Jesus refers to this woman as a dog, He's actually referring to the house dogs or pets that the Gentiles and the Canaanite people would have. They, unlike the Jews, they would bring the dogs into the home and these were domesticated pets. And so she would have understood that implication and this understanding that the family pet did not have the same privileges as the children of the family. But what he was doing was testing her faith because in all likelihood, there were probably a lot of Canaanites that sought a lot of different ways to seek healing, and they would go after different kinds of gods at the time. And so Jesus was testing her, and she was willing, what we see, she was willing to receive whatever Jesus would give her, even if it was crumbs. And how does he respond? He responds by rewarding her persistent faith 
by giving her what she's asked for, which is the healing of her daughter. Now, we see examples of this throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, where there are people that lay their need before God and they refuse to take no for an answer. And that's kind of what we're seeing here with this woman. And what do we often see? We see God respond to those prayers with a yes. And so for women, especially in that culture, they really had no other options. They did not have the same rights that men had. They did not have access to justice. They didn't really have much to lose by being so persistent. And so what's interesting is, is we see what Jesus says is a mark of extraordinary faith. And she was a Gentile woman. She was outside of that initial group of Jews. And yet he still has compassion on her. He's moved by her faith and he works on her behalf. And then shortly after that, what we see is Jesus goes on to feed the 4,000 in the region of Decapolis, which is mostly Gentile. So even though it's a timing issue, he's not yet called to minister to the Gentiles. It's what he does. And so we see in verses 29 to 31, this healing ministry that takes place. And this culture in this time frame really did accept the reality of miracles. But these kinds of miracles would have been seen as extraordinary. And I don't know if you've ever been able to have the blessing of seeing that, the lame, the crippled, the blind, the mute, any of those kinds of things healed that I have. I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced it firsthand by praying for people that have gotten healed and it changes things. Now, if he was in a Gentile region where there was a lot of Canaanites, there was people that worshiped Baal, there was a lot to overcome emotionally, spiritually, physically. And we see Jesus have compassion on these people and heal these people. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that that changes how they look at him and how they look at God. And then we see that after three days of ministering to them and healing for them and praying for them, he has compassion on them and says, look, we got to feed these people. It's three days. If they just leave, they're going to pass out because they haven't eaten or drank anything for three days. And so what we see happen is this feeding, a second feeding. Now, this is different a little bit than the first feeding, because I think what it reveals is that first time it was not an exception. He was able to repeat this at any time. And yet, what do we see the response from the disciples? They still are lacking faith. They still have no idea where they're going to get this food from. And so when we see Jesus talking about their lack of faith over and over, I think it's encouraging for me because these are the disciples we're talking about. They have had a front hand view of seeing everything that God is doing and that they still are doubting. They still don't get it. And it takes time. And we see this evolution of spiritual growth in them. And I think, I can't help but think that if if God was able to use these guys who, to for us, when we're looking at it, we're thinking, how could you not get it yet? Well, if he's able to take these guys and use them to change the world, well, then certainly he could do the same with us. And so given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read verses 21 to 35 again. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. 
and her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples and said to him, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men, besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the way that your word reveals your heart, your heart of compassion towards people. God, even in this season where you had chosen to come and to minister to the people of Israel, God, we see you moved by the faith of the Canaanite woman. And God, help us to remind, be mindful of that as we think about things in our own lives where we are aching for an answer for you. God, help us to be persistent in our faith. Help us to be actively waiting and trusting you, even when it feels like you're not moving yet or you're not working yet. God, help us to remember that there is this aspect of faith that you call extraordinary, that you are moved by. God, help us to have that kind of faith. Help us to have the kind of faith that the Canaanite woman did, knowing that not only that you can heal, but that you do heal. God, we thank you for your compassion. And I just pray for my friends today that maybe need healing, God, would you move in their hearts and their lives and their bodies and their spirits, God, as they seek you without ceasing for healing in their lives. We thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. 
And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.